0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life is full of ups and downs. i found over the last few years talking to someone, especially a psychologist, has been a really helpful tool for me to make sense of my thoughts. I try to keep it a consistent part of my life because I love being proactive with my mental health. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy provider in the world. BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. If you're busy like everyone else these days, the good news is it's entirely online. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dill. That's betterhelp.com slash dill. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot dill. D-Y-L. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Life is full of ups and downs. i found over the last few years talking to someone, especially a psychologist, has been a really helpful tool for me to make sense of my thoughts. I try to keep it a consistent part of my life because I love being proactive with my mental health. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy provider in the world. BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. If you're busy like everyone else these days, the good news is it's entirely online. BetterHelp is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash That's betterhelp.com slash dill. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dill, D-Y-L. This week on the show, Jack Post. You may know Jack from his days working with Hamish and Andy as Cackling Jack, and more recently as Christian O'Connell's co-host of his Brekkie show. We spoke about Jack's incredible journey from his uni days at Syn FM to hustling every job he could find at radio stations in Adelaide, then back to Melbourne where he crossed paths with up-and-comers Hamish and Andy, a path that would tie him to the Jew over 13 years until this day. We spoke about his love for music and broadcasting, as well as his not-so-smooth run-ins with a couple of AFL players and clubs. He's a real doer and I love that about him. I think you'll get a lot out of this chat with Jack and cannot thank him enough for coming into the studio to chat. Hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, anything you can do. Even send it to a friend. It all helps so much to keep the show going and in the charts. Also on Spotify, you can even chuck the notifications on so when every episode comes, it pops up straight away. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. It's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Next. the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating going, oh my god, I think I'm meditating. Like, How good is this? I'm meditating. It's like <laughs> I had a Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it.
1: It's knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's
0: like, it's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Jack Boris, welcome to Dylan Friends Podcast, my friend. This is a big, big moment for me. Big fan of yours. First podcast in the new studio. I
1: love it. It's very cool, but it definitely has first show
0: vibes because it's very empty. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting some congratulations. No, no, congratulations.
1: (laughs) That was very cool. I mean, I didn't see where you came from, but yeah, it's great.
0: Thank you. No, I appreciate (laughs) it. Hey, honored to have you in big fan of your work for a long time. You've done a lot of things. Thank you, man. A lot of things. And one thing I'm so surprised. I didn't realize how tall you were. You're a big boy. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I don't know what to say. I like you've got some some real presence
1: thank you (laughs) I actually you were taller than i thought you were as well oh that is not a man (laughs) you you, you are
0: you are but that's like saying that i must have been like you must have well on tv i
1: guess against footballers you look kind of shorter not short i would never use that word yeah but you look shorter but you're not short oh yeah
0: i would say that i'm no you're a you're a straight up medium sized man yeah i'd say that medium (laughs) it's actually funny you say medium because um and the way you, I like your clothing, I asked you what size you were before, and you said large. I was like, mm. "Oh, that might be a bit baggy. Maybe likes the oversized." Mm. But reason I'm bringing this up...
1: Oh, you thought I was lying about my size? No. <laughs>
0: I didn't think you were lying, but like, it's such an easy thing thing to say is like your size. You never know what to say. Because for me, like if someone said what size are you, I'd say large. Mm. Because I don't necessarily like wearing things really tight. Mm. Whereas I am probably a medium. Uh, I bought a a small for my um,
1: podcast merchandise to give you. So I'll have to pack that away. Yeah, (laughs) don't bring that out.
0: Unless it's, I need it medium at least. Because I I get self-conscious about the size of my chest. I need it to be like looser on the body why you don't want your chest to look too big strong pecs. yeah <laughs> <big
1: pecs. laughs> i never had that problem yeah I, I, didn't I even know that was a thing to be self-conscious about no it's not it's
0: more like making other people self-conscious about them so it's a well thing thanks for do. wearing loose fitting clothing today <laughs> so you didn't make me feel uncomfortable <laughs> hey, mate. um so much to get through today first thing i want to talk to you about though is mm. something when we're doing a research we've got a big research team here um sam and sam damon
1: can i say up front i don't know if you, you can cut this out if you want but yeah. you are a great interviewer and i love the pod and I, I'm surprised it took me so long to come to it because I was aware of it for a very long time, but not till you asked me to come on that I thought, well, I'll sample it. Yeah. And you're, you're really, I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting across from yeah. you now, but you're a great interviewer and it really is an offering that you don't get other places with those kind of people. Like with football, I listen Thank to the uh, Gorney and I listen to Alex Rance and you really don't get insight to those guys Unless they're talking to someone who's a peer of theirs, and you make them feel really comfortable, and the interviews are really good, so I guess people who are listening to this now already know about the podcast. So it's it's pointless to promote <laughs> no, your podcast to the people who are already listening. But make it into a clip or something on the video if you want <laughs> <laughs> push it no, out i there. really
0: appreciate it mate that's that's huge And are not just saying it's someone that's come from your stature mm-hmm. and done what you've done and worked on what you've worked with hamish and andy christian o'connell and your own projects which we'll get to today it means a lot so i really do appreciate it you are not just a man of radio and presenting and physical good-looking stature you are actually a handyman
1: a little bit. No, well, yeah. You're okay. hanging out at the moment.
0: COVID, like you're building your own house.
1: Yeah, the house is done. You thankfully. built your own house. Yes. I mean, there is an asterisk to that, which is I had help. Like there was carpenters and stuff working with me. But mm. I can do, I've come a long way from knowing nothing. Like if you, got, if you put out a range of tools on this table and asked me to name them, I probably could get four out of five. What's your favorite? Love the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love the hammer <laughs> no, honestly i didn't use too many tools yeah i got i actually got i thought i was going to become like mr carpenter mm. and i actually got a bunch of tools i even got like the um the nail guns which they're cool they're cool and they're the expensive ones when you people would know who, yes. are in, who tradies would know they're they're the expensive ones and i got pinched out of my car because i'd another thing which tradies would know, you don't leave them in your car don't for people to see car, them man. because they smash the window and take mm. the tools. So the tools went and then all I had left was the trusty hammer. So I just did a lot of watching after that of yeah. the carpenter's work and I didn't do a lot of it myself.
0: Because I saw on, um, and just side note here, I, I get distracted quite a bit, but I saw mm-hmm. recently, did you have a tool deal on Hamish and Andy? Is that true? You had like a, you had a, a drill sponsor?
1: Yeah, we... No, we didn't. Hey, you know what? Some sponsors like... Of all the podcasts out there, Hamish and Andy's like number one in Australia, right? So it's it's expensive to advertise advertise with mm. them. But sometimes companies just get like complete freebies by sending stuff in. So Makita was one of the complete freebies. <laughs> the guy, a guy from Makita, sent in hoodies for them for us all, yeah. and said, "Hey, we'll give you some tools." And that was enough to go like, "All right, well, you can have the sp- podcast sponsorship. We'll wear the Makita hoodies for a little bit," and then. I said that I was a DeWalt guy because I already (laughs) had the DeWalt batteries at home. So, I was like, oh, yeah, the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like, maybe DeWalt will hear this and then they'll send me a bunch of tools like Hamish and Andy are getting the Makita tools. But then DeWalt never came to the party. And so, and I'm not proud to say this, I went back through the producer of the show and asked for the contact of the guy from Makita and said, I'm Jack. I spoke badly of Makita and talked highly of DeWalt on the show, but I would like to take that back. And if there's still some free Makita tools to give away, I would really like to take you up on that. And so I did get a impact driver and a hedge trimmer from Makita.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mate, there's only one bloke on par or worse than you than this. And it's producers o Sam Bonzer. He goes through like the DMs of every brand. Mm. And he's not probably man enough as you to, like, email them. He probably gives brands the... I They think they're probably talking to me or Dan. Go, like, And then he uses that yeah. and says, hey, send this in, send it to this address. And they think that they're giving it to us. So I'm getting walking around getting angry eyes from all these brands out there that think that I've got their product. It's not me. It's Sam's the one that's got it.
1: Yeah, and they think it's you that's being the little weasel, right? Yeah. But it's him. Yeah. And it's easy to do it under somebody else's name. Yeah. It's hard mm. to cross that bridge for yeah. yourself to go, hello, this is Jack writing to you. Yes. And Jack would like some Makita tools. Thanks. No, you weasel.
0: <laughs> hey, let's go back to, to your story, mate, because it's been um, incredible. I feel like, and I think this is a big compliment to yourself and the team you work with, but I feel mm. like I've like, like grown up with you. Like, oh, I, thanks, I really... Man feel like even like today when I saw you there was that sense of uh familiar familiarity. I hate that word as well. I wouldn't that even try to Freaking and hard you. to say yeah. it, man. <laughs> familiarity. Anyway, there was that. And I saw you, I was like, I know this guy. And the first time I ever laid eyes on you was when I was at home. I was watching I reckon I don't know how old it would have been, but it was I was watching like one of the Hamish and Andy Gap views and you're in the US, yeah. I think and like you were, I don't know how it worked. Like that was just how it, you know, I came to know you. And it was a scene, the mo- the, the actual episode where you were guarding the car. Right. Okay. Someone-
1: so yeah. So this you have to go back a fair way. Yeah. I was on, the, on season one of Gap Year, and yeah. then they canned me and said, okay, you can just work behind the scenes now. You're not good enough to yeah. be on television. And in that episode, they Hamish had bought this um, three wheeled like motorbike slash police car that can go up on (laughs) sidewalks and so i they they tasked me of like you got to look after this vehicle for us um as a joke you're like you'll be the security guard of it and then what i didn't realize was a further joke was they hired two guys to come and steal it off me when it felt like the tv show had already ended for the night so these guys came and they're actually pretty good at like they were just actors, but you know, one guy was pretending to hold a knife under his jumper <laughs> and he said, do, he told me, do the right thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that. He's like, do the right thing. Like, you'll get stabbed <laughs> if you don't give this to me. But you know what's funny about that episode is that is the night I met my wife, current wife, after that event. Wow. Yeah. So, so but you, is your wife Australian? She's American. No. American? Well, Yeah. So, she, I met her in New York. She was in the audience of the Gap Year TV show that night and I met her in the green room and they, like 20 minutes after that thing, that's that prank where the guys were trying to steal the car off of me. So, I came into the green room and I guess because like, because I didn't let them steal the car. Yeah. And everyone thought I would just like buckle over, but I didn't let him steal the car. So I got in the green room and everyone was like, I kind of was like a little bit of a hero for the <laughs> night only, like this guy that no one really cared about on the show. But you know, people were like, yeah, you didn't let them yeah. steal the car. And so I think I came in probably with this glow to her of like, hey, this guy's really important. Of course, cool. yeah, yeah. obviously getting a lot of attention, but it was just perfect timing.
0: That's on the level, so That's very um, fortuitous. Mm. It's my new favourite word that I use <laughs> at the moment. I really like that. That's that's incredible though that, that 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 happened at that exact time Um, and I was watching as well. So it's sort of like a triangle. Yeah, no, effect you, in I can we're you weren't at the wedding. We're here today. <laughs> Could have been. That was the first time I'd sort of come across you and knew you were there, but like you were always just a staple a part of that. Like how did you get involved in radio? How did you get involved with Hamish and Andy? How did the whole thing transpire? Because from my yeah. like experience it's like you've always just sort of been a part of it yeah it was my start. first
1: real proper job is working for
0: Hamish And, and how Andy. old were you cuz you were Two. every kid's like that was what every yeah. Kid, yeah
1: yeah i was 20 when i started so I did, before that i'd done community radio when i was 15 and in high school i did uh fm which is the student youth network people in melbourne might know it it's community run outside of RMIT university and i just did a show you know on friday afternoons with my mate from high school and so I'd done a little bit of radio and then after high school I tried to do a film and tv course and I realized I was shit at that so (laughs) as I was coming literally the last week of that film course I was like all right what am I going to do after this I don't really want to make corporate videos uh I'll probably have to go back to radio the only other thing I know how to do so then I started doing work experience like I put my hand up to do work experience and I went over to Adelaide to work on their equivalent of what Fox FM you'd know as Fox FM in Melbourne mm. but they've they had one in Adelaide called SAFM and started doing work experience there and the guy said hey we can give you a job here but we can give you a similar job back in Melbourne if you want to go back to Fox so three weeks later I came back to Fox and my shift would start as Hamish and Andy were finishing each day so I'd see them each day as they finished the show and then I'd try and just hang around and like get there early and put my hand up like oh you need anyone help out can i come and sit in the meetings the planning meetings?" so i was essentially a pest yeah just pestered it for about a year until i there was never even actually an official like you're on the show now i just hung around enough to <laughs> like well i guess that guy works here because he's here with us every day and he sits in our meetings and and then i got my Like, the first time I was actually on air with them, I was pushing the buttons, which is, like, in a radio studio. The button pusher is the only other person in the studio with Hamish and Andy, and their guy was going on holidays for two weeks, so I got to fill in there for two weeks, and they brought me on air a couple of times, and I I just got lucky like that. Like, I just honestly was just, like, hanging around like a bad smell until I was working on the show
0: full-time. I I love this, and it's got... It's got um, similarities. Like I was chatting with Howie, uh, Mark Howard, about Mm. this early. And I think I don't agree when you say lucky because I think you've obviously put in a lot of time and a lot of effort where a lot of people wouldn't do that. And a lot of people wouldn't show the initiative to like hang around and and have interest and, and do things unpaid. Yeah. Like that, and I suppose looking back at my career now in terms of like when I was working at 3W, it really does show, and I don't think a lot of the general public know, how hard it is to actually get into media like mm. into especially radio like you really have to do a massive apprenticeship and and be very uh, you know put yourself out there in situations where a lot of people wouldn't
1: yeah well because everybody thinks it's it seems so easy it's like you, know, you just go on you like you go and talk mm. we can all do that yeah. it, being on radio is easy but I listened to that Howie interview you did with him and yeah there was a lot of similarities like you just got to hang around do stuff for free um, not expect anything and you'll just be eventually will come around to they need somebody to fill a hole that's available and because you've been hanging around you're most likely to get that spot so yeah it is a little bit of luck because those opportunities have got to come up and but yeah you've got to be the one that's there in people's faces essentially so that they choose you when it
0: does come around those Times like when you you first got involved um, with with Hamish and Andy like back at the start. So mm. when, when was this around? What, how, 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 so uh, two thousand
1: and the end of two thousand and seven. I went to Adelaide, and then the start of two thousand eight. I was um, working at Fox, and by the end of two thousand eight, I'd been on the show a bunch of times and yeah. started sitting in their meetings and that sort of thing.
0: And but at that stage, that, that still wasn't at the peak of their pet. Like that was still pretty early on. in No, their but they success. were already
1: like yeah that's right like they were pretty well known on radio then and they were starting to pop up on things like Spicks and specs on the abc and a couple of years after that or maybe the next year was thank god you're here so they started to become really well known on tv and of mm-hmm. course then they were doing rove every week as well um so yeah i think i jumped on the bandwagon like just as they were nearing the peak yeah. I don't want to say like oh they were nothing and then when I got <laughs> yeah. there something in the water changed <laughs> and they became super famous
0: how has that been I suppose you and like there's so many other facets to yourself than Haitian Andy but I suppose it was a platform for you to grow mm. and, and I suppose express some of your personality on air and, it, and it's given you a really good platform to build off into the next phase of your career with your own podcast Christian O'Connell and, yep. and everything like that did you think at the time I'm on something here that is special or was it more just like I'm yeah, I think I think
1: so because because I had that feeling in me like, oh, well, eventually I want to go off and do my own thing. But because it was such a rare place to be on like, and I already was a fan of the show mm. and Hamish and Andy are such great guys in real life to work with and they became real friends and it, it just seemed crazy every year as I'd get to the end of it to go like, well, I don't want to really give this away. So I feel like in some ways I look back and go like oh did I stunt my own career because I hung around in there for so long and um you know get, stop myself from having other opportunities or would I've like jumped off too early and then just faded away into obscurity um if I didn't have it so yeah, I guess you never know but for a long time I was I was thinking that I would do my own stuff and it took a long time like honestly a I was with those guys for almost 10 years before I got the opportunity with Christian O'Connell mm. and the show I'm on now on Gold, um, which really felt like a big step for me. But it's not like I was doing a whole lot of work uh, outside of Hamish and Andy for those first eight years.
0: It's it's actually a really interesting point. I, I could be totally not on the same page you are here, but I'm thinking about it in my context. And mm. I think like with career and, and always thinking like, I could be doing something else but maybe you are in the right thing at the right time is when I left like Giants and footy mm. I didn't leave like it would have been very hard to leave that off my own terms yeah but I like got forced to leave it yeah so like I think that's like a really hard thing for people you know when people say like oh if you don't enjoy doing something and not saying that you enjoy doing something which you love but I'm saying in terms of the whole holistic view it's like if you don't enjoy doing something you can change or do something mm. different but to make that change when something's still pretty good and do something different is like almost impossible i feel
1: yeah it's really hard because you get when you actually face with that moment of choice to go all right you've got to 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 go into something else you have to leave the first thing you you actually have to face the reality of what that would be and it's, and it's tough to leave and that's why i haven't left i still work on the hamish and andy podcast even though we're not doing daily radio i'm still tied down by it so I know, oh, no I tied I've, down is the wrong word no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm still very much enjoying my time with them but it'll be next year will be 15
0: years 15? That I've, that's I've crazy them. Yeah. but it's so hard to change a winning formula as well and I think like as, as much as Hamish and Andy are probably the best probably when I say probably like definitely the probably the best definitely probably mm. the best duo of all time really like when you think about what they've been able to do um it is incredible but you are a staple in that as well. And, and, you know, I'm sure they would say this, maybe not public, but there is mm. no Hamish and Andy without Jack, if you are a true fan of the show. No,
1: I definitely haven't heard them say it publicly. <laughs> 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 I'm pointing to that is like,
0: when I say Hamish and Andy are so, are so good, not, mm. I know people would get this, but I think they've done something that's incredible. Mm. but I also think they've fucked it for everyone in a way because <laughs> they've made it look so easy that every dickhead Including myself Thinks that they can do it as yeah, well it's like, Yeah like, definitely Like every two mates out there That go We're so funny Let's start a podcast yeah. Which I'm the biggest victim of that as well Like they've just made Every kid in the world think I can be Hamish and Andy
1: Yeah but I kind of like that And we did see it a lot Like people would email all the time Or just stop you on the street And be like Oh no way You'd never believe I'm like Hamish in my best place, Like Andy <laughs> No you're not <laughs> <laughs> Um I reckon it goes back to that thing that Howie was talking about and what we were talking about earlier is like you probably don't realize how much of that success is the hard work that they put in behind the scenes and those guys work so hard, really, really hard to make like anything they're doing, the radio, the TV show. It's not just like rock up and piss around which probably is the image that they give to people is like, oh, you just take your best mate in front of a couple of microphones and you piss around and it's it's really awesome but they really work hard and i learned a lot of my work ethic off how hard they those guys work
0: that that's an incredible point and i, and I, I don't know if we can uh, spoil in their secrets i don't think mm. it is because i think it is common knowledge how hard they work mm. on their projects but uh you, you all do make it look pretty seamless mm. and i think you know in the show um you've got your characteristics of this like uh thrifty guy that's yeah. that's lazy yeah. and Hamish is the you know the funny guy, Andy's the like anxious guy, whatever yeah. it is. Like you've got these personalities. Yeah. How much of that is actually your personalities, but then again it's more like you, you can play yeah. up to these things and you fall into them yeah. and you actually work together on them? So this is
1: this is pointless to say because as much as you fight against it you can never yeah. um, you can never prove it. I am not thrifty in real life. I actually feel like I'm quite generous <laughs> and that I am, and that I am kind with money. But if you ever try to push back against something like that then the others just push down harder on it. Yeah. So there's no point in fighting it. The best you can do is lean into it. I would like to say, though, for everybody listening here, I feel like I'm a generous person. It, <laughs> just as generous come, as you as came best.
0: in, we just met you and you were like, can I show you, you guys some beers? I was like, it's 10 in the morning. <laughs> I don't want that right now, but I really appreciate it. I will just take
1: the money and then buy the beers <laughs> yourselves later, please. I'd love for you to enjoy it. <laughs> but it oh. is true. It's like, it, it happens, it all happens naturally. It's not like you sit down and go like, oh, like, let's plot out the characters on the show. But- it's, you know, you, you show one glimpse of a personality trait and the and the rest of the um, group exploits it. And I mean, it happens with like Hamish being lazy and late all the time. It happens with Andy being really anal about things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing you can really do once, once especially the listeners have grabbed hold of it as well.
0: and It's just like folklore of the show. There's very little you can do to get away from it. Looking now, as you said, you're coming up on 15 years being involved. What's a highlight for you in whether that's a trip away, um, impact on people? What's something you look back now and you think, fuck, that was probably one of the coolest things I've done in terms of the Hamish and Andy side of, of
1: work? Yeah, we, well, with Hamish and Andy, easily is the, uh, the band we made. So for people who don't know, we each sort of play instruments, I I play guitar and Hamish plays drums, not very well. (laughs) And Andy is a bit of a multi-instrumentalist, so he can play a few things. And we made a band that only plays one cover song per gig. So we didn't have to learn a whole back catalogue of songs. Yeah. We were just like, all right, on this on this tour that we're doing, we only have to learn one song. So for example, one of them was ACDC, Long Way to the Top. It's and then on. we And then we toured it up the country. <laughs> and the reason I love that is because for a while, like in high school, I thought rock star was going to be my vocation. I thought I would, you know, I played in a band and I thought, all right, I'm going to be a rock star one day. And that never came around. So this is the closest I'll ever get to being a rock star is pretending to be in a rock band and pretending that the people who are there to watch us really love us for our musical abilities what, what was the name that there was oh we were front, front man and cool cool boys in the front man yeah that is <laughs> so we had we didn't have a singer in the band we had a rotating singer yeah so every it was like, yeah like rob thomas rob thomas was the first one yeah um we had guy sebastian the veronicas the wiggles um we did every show we'd do someone different vance joy was the last person we would oh, yeah, played God. with live but the other reason i like that is because it started from an idea that i pitched so the rob thomas thing happened because actually a few weeks before rob thomas came in adam lambert who's from american idol yes and sung with queen yes was coming in and i said we should play with him because he said, oh, I'm not bringing any instruments. I'm not gonna play live. I said, well, we all sort of play instruments. We could play live with him. He said no to that. But then the, the <laughs> idea stayed on the whiteboard yeah. and then eventually Rob Thomas said, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And the band was born from that. So I feel, like feel honoured by it because it came from a seed of something that I offered up to the show.
0: What, what other ideas have you ever had on the show that you've put on the whiteboard that you're still waiting to have yep. been picked off?
1: Now, not to be picked off. I also, the, the most viral clip that Hamish and Andy have ever come up with was um, World's Best Bloke. Uh, Australia's best bloke, I think. Oh, is the I name know of him. Oh, Do you, Jim Lord, Jimmy
0: Lord. <laughs> I don't know him. James Lord. So he right. was yeah, like, I played footy with him. Oh, right. It was okay. unbelievable. So,
1: for people who don't know, it was this prank that was like a friendly prank because the joke's not on anybody. Hamish calls him and says, I'm calling you out of the blue. Some, I need a reference for a job. I'm giving them your number. Can you just be a great reference for me? And then <laughs> goes away 10 minutes later, Andy calls up this guy who, you know, he doesn't know it's Hamish and Andy. And says, hey, I've interviewed this guy, Tim, for a job. He it was a
0: treasurer of a football club, wasn't it? Oh, no. I
1: honestly can't remember it. And then um, it was, yeah, it, they asked this guy, like, oh, can you vouch for. Um, Tim, this guy has come in for an interview, and the guy did way better than we could ever expect. It was the funniest thing I've ever heard. He was so good. He was like, "Mate, this is the best guy." He tells me like, uh he'll he he won't be forthcoming about this, but he speaks many
0: languages." Yeah, that's said gets- And they go, <laughs> "Is he is he good with money?" And he yeah. says, "Oh well, he's a treasurer of the football club, so he, he's been trusted." Yeah. yeah.
1: So that is, I think that's the most viewed Hamish and Andy thing all around the world, and I. Had a hand in bringing that yeah, about. Oh, like, I mean, that. I don't want to say it was all my idea because I think, I think, like, when you're in a team, you pitch ideas and like sort of make yeah. ideas together. but that no, was you. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, again,
0: I I really like this clip, and because it was yours. I know the idea was incredible, but after that, I remember um, you actually got him into the studio, and right. air, you went off air, and I think you four were sitting in there and said, "Oh, let's have a beer to celebrate." And then you open the Esky and there's only three beers in there. And you guys were all looking at each other and, w- and he goes, that. Oh, you guys have him. Yeah. And then you're like, he's the best bloke yeah. in the <laughs> world. <way." laughs> yeah, that's right. We set up another scenario for <laughs> yeah. him. And we're like, when best. it finished. And yeah. he's just like, Oh, you guys you guys have him. So but do you still know him? I know him. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen him for years, but he, yeah. he really is a good bloke.
1: Does he still dine out on that story of like? I don't I'm the know, best bloke I should, I really
0: should make contact with yeah. that. But um
1: and then, all right, I'll give you one idea. Because you asked for ideas that didn't make it off the whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> this is an idea that I pitched to both Hamish and Andy and Christian O'Connell and they didn't want it. So, if you want it, you can have the idea. You need to have callers, though.
0: We can do call. We do yeah. callers on our other show, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. It's called Three Fingers or Four. What it is, is I say a cartoon character and some cartoon characters have three fingers, some have four fingers. <laughs> so, I say like Bart Simpson. How many fingers does he have? Four. Wait, yeah, it's a bit confusing. Cause he's got three in a thumb. Okay.
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that was that confusion is what stopped it ever going to air. But um, yeah, you can have that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank um, you. I've
0: mentally put a really good note yeah, on that. And guys, write it, down, yeah, write it down. Yeah, yeah. We'll, well. We're gonna write it down. Um, in terms of traveling, like we spoke before about like going to the US, everywhere you've been where's some of your favorite trips you've had um as a team that you've just enjoyed the most
1: yeah definitely that new york gap year which was the first one um that we did and where i met my wife like that was awesome because now it's changed my whole life Mm. like if i didn't meet her obviously my life would be way
0: different hey just on that i'm a man of love yeah do you mind can we talk about love yeah of course so i I love relationship stories We we don't have a few beers with people i love just asking like how they met their partners yeah is that weird no, no, no.
1: Okay, I I'm a big fan of love. Me too.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have so a partner? I do. I'm yeah. engaged.
1: How do you How do you guys
0: meet? <laughs> we met. We actually met in school. So I was in year 11. She was year 12. So mm-hmm. sugar hey, mama. Hello. sugar mama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, now she had her license. She used to come pick me up from school. Mm. I think back then. <laughs> I think back then it was like before Instagram and stuff. So like wasn't like it was like nearly MSN sort of day. Yeah. So it was like a little bit different. Um, I'd have no fun. Remember idea, the how to but remember girls. the um. The nerves
1: of like after school getting on MSN oh. Messenger and like, all right, here we go. Here we, here we go. go. Here we go. I've avoided <laughs> eye contact with you all day, yeah. but now I'm going to chat to you I like we are s- best s- friends. Spoken one word to you in person. <laughs> But here we go. I'll do my business. I um, it's like you had- log on though. Why aren't you
0: talking to me? I'm gonna log on and log back off and just pop up again. To hopefully you see me.
1: The awkward part for me was we had the family computer in the kitchen, <laughs> so it was, it was like a lot of foot traffic behind, like my dad, my mum yeah. walking past, my brothers and sisters. So if I wanted to be like, you know, take it up a level, yeah, I had yeah, to yeah, look over my shoulder to yeah. make sure people Ventilator. weren't watching. Yeah,
0: um, I dial up. Yeah. Did you have dial-up? Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. I
1: had right. to wait till other people got off the phone to oh, see it's you could get nothing online. nothing
0: worse when mum would, you know, you'd pick up the phone and you used to have this screeching noise of dial-up mm. in the background. But um, and it used to take me probably six minutes to download maybe like one 30-second song on LimeWire. Yeah, I downloaded...
1: Oh, I downloaded the whole of Not Another Teen Movie
0: you remember that comedy? Yeah, that would have taken took, you like, a, I think it day. took like six
1: months Really? No, it took ages It was like it was, it was It was like a marathon I had to keep coming back to LimeWire Like every couple of days I'm Starting like, it again Do that thing where you right click on it And you're like Give it the highest yeah, priority Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> It wasn't working. How it. good was LimeWire? <laughs>
0: Fuck, I ruined some computers at home <laughs> yeah. With LimeWire Like really did Um, Back to your um, wife now So when you met Did you kick it off straight? Like were you guys seeing each other after that? Or was it more like you went home And then tick back up that's just one thing so that
1: first night i met her in the green room there was an after party for the show and everybody went back to a bar and i thought she was with the guy she came with she came with a work friend of hers and i thought i just assumed it was her boyfriend yeah so i wasn't trying to hit on her or anything because i just just chatting to her naturally because i thought she was taken then i see that guy go home and i was like oh that you're your partner's left without you? She's like, oh, no, that's just a friend from work. So, I was like, oh, man. Ew, I'm the hero. <laughs> I'm I feel like hero. the chemistry's yeah. already flowing. <laughs> then I tried to kiss her and she pulled her head away. <laughs> <laughs> so, the our first like romantic encounter was me leaning in for the kiss and her... Yeah, whatever, just the limbo. The, the, the limbo. <laughs> so, I stuffed that up but then I... I don't know how I came back from there. Like I would have been at a million to one odds to come back from that position. But I still hung around with her and chatted to her for the rest of the night. And then she went... Well, how much do you want to know the story? Because it's like... I won't you, go I won't get going into every facet yeah, of it. but it's PG. It, sort of no, so. yeah, I what's not okay. going to say okay, what okay. Happened. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And then if a man loves a woman very much and they feel comfortable with each other. <laughs> no, but she let me stay over at her house that night. She built a mm-hmm. pillow fort in between oh, us. Yeah. Very <laughs> she nice. said, you can, yeah. you can stay over, but I'm building this pillow fort. Nothing's going to happen. I don't know you. I'm not that kind of person that takes people home <laughs> the first night I meet them. Um, and I did manage to kiss her over the pillow oh, for nice. uh, just by war of attrition and <laughs> then we started <laughs> hanging out all the time so I had, I had two months left in new york before we were coming home and we spent pretty much every day together so, and yeah. we we said like all right we both know what's going to happen at the end of this it's going to be super sad but we'll leave each other for good so let's try and make the most of it now we did this thing where We celebrated every holiday throughout the year but put it all into one week so we did christmas one day and then halloween and then valentine's day thanksgiving so that we could experience all the holidays that we wouldn't get to do together and then like i no surprise like then we were totally crazy for each other Mm. by the end of it but we still had to say goodbye to one another and that was honestly the most i've ever cried in my Mm. life was saying goodbye to her it was um I was at Andy's place. Andy left a week before we left New York and he had this sick like $10,000 a month apartment in Soho that he made the Channel 9 pay for. (laughs) And so we were staying in this awesome apartment. It was just ridiculous. And I was in the foyer of that apartment and like we said goodbye to each other, like tears bawling down our face. And then I was back in Australia for about a week and still chatting to her. And she said, look, why don't I come for a holiday? I've been saving up to go to Paris next summer. Why don't I come to Melbourne instead? And then once she was in Melbourne, I just hooked into her and then never let her go.
0: So did she stay after that? that- she
1: stayed after that, yeah. She tried to get home a couple of times, especially her mum and dad tried to get her yeah. home. Like they were not happy about it. And we then, then Hamish and Andy went on another gap year in London the next year for the 2012 Olympics. And she came to that and the idea she had in her head, I didn't know this at the time, she was like, all right, and then I'll go back to live in the US after this is all done. I I thought like by this time we'd been together almost a year. So I was like, sweet, this is, you know, she's the one. And uh, her mom, her folks live in Florida. She went back to Florida and her mum and her auntie were really trying to like convince her to stay oh, her on, dad man. she loves books and publishing and her dad got her an interview with like the head of Random House which is a huge book publisher in New York what the it's hell in, like, dad yeah, oh. it's in like we'll do anything for you to stay and she decided to come back to Melbourne and so oh, we no, no. like love prevailed and as a love fan I'm sure you I, can I do get appreciate that. I do get tingles thinking about the story but no it
0: is it is awesome I think um anyone long distance relationships i haven't had one personally but my best mate had had one mm. and i know how hard they can be on on relationships and yeah it's critical... i don't
1: think we would have lasted like if we, if we tried to do long distance mm. we didn't even ch- chat about it like trying to do a year away from each other but yeah I, I don't know that would be really tough
0: very tough um moving on from love i did enjoy mm. that but after i suppose like my timelines and stuff are never great mm. but you've Started with Christian O'Connell, so that was started this year. No, no, we've been doing that since
1: 2018.
0: Christian, but yeah. the branding—we we're, were talking about the branding earlier. Man, like, that
1: was three years ago.
0: You saw? No, that. it yeah, was. Not. Dude, it was. Yeah, Dropping we been in Sydney for two years.
1: Oh right, okay. So maybe you've just seen more recent billboards and stuff. But yeah, he he came he came in 2018. He's, he's a UK DJ and was like a legendary d- DJ
0: over there. So give us context on this because we'll chat mm. about this before, but Christian O'Connell basically, and he's got an incredible story himself. Mm. We'll chat about this before. He had, did a podcast with Hugh Van Kallenberg. Yeah. Unbelievable story. But he was basically, and still is, but he was one of the biggest radio personalities in the UK.
1: Yeah, he did. He had like 2 million listeners a morning across the UK. All these awards, always number one and he just needed something different in his life because you know he was getting um i guess just fatigued by like the same thing every Mm. day and so he came out to australia he knew hamish and andy already because we'd been when we did the um 2012 gap year for the olympics we met him then yeah and did some simulcast shows with him so he said to andy like hey would would be crazy if i came to Uh, Australia to do radio Andy said no I think it's a great idea and it was actually Andy who recommended me to be the sidekick on Christian show which I do now because Christian was like well I need somebody else in the studio with me can you recommend anybody so I've Andy Hamish and Andy to thank for that as well for for the current gig I've got yeah he's a total pro I can't speak highly enough of him I've learned so much from him if people are in Melbourne and then their breakfast show is not on Gold 104.3,
0: make the change now because it's yourself. a great show. With that as well, just in terms of like his show, we are talking about this earlier, but there is a lot of similarities with radio shows in, in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, especially breakfast radio. What do you think separates Christian O'Connell, you're before, it's like a, it is a... His... Well, I,
1: like, I like that, and they, this isn't completely unknown in Australian radio, but for a long time, breakfast shows here have been like one girl, one guy, or one girl, two guys. Like in Melbourne, it was um, Fifi Fev and Dave and Fifi Fev and uh, Jules and, uh, you know, a few other ones. And then was Chrissy, Sam and Brownie. And all the breakfast shows sort of sounded like each other. There wasn't a lot of difference. So Christian show really stood out because it's like, it's him it's only him on the posters it's called the christian o'connell show he's the captain of the team even though there's other voices like me and the newsreader on the show it's really his ship and mm-hmm. he's and he's in charge of it so i think it really stood out on breakfast radio um in melbourne and you know, like we're number one fm now and so he came from people not knowing him at all to
0: the number one uh breakfast show in the city at the moment how many um do you have tuning in do you know those with the ratings and stuff like oh uh, man in i mornings? never
1: every day it's a, they call it survey day Surveys, where the right results yeah. come out they come out like every eight weeks i never know what day is survey day and yeah. everybody else seems to know and, I, and it makes me
0: anxious thinking about it
1: oh i i, I just never like it doesn't i it, it doesn't, doesn't phase me i just yeah. don't care really like as long as the show's allowed to continue on. Um, I just never got that excited about what the stats are i don't I
0: it's don't just know interesting how many to think like, like when you you know obviously podcasting is a lot different to radio but it's it's crazy for me to think you, when you are doing breakfast radio you are talking to millions of people like that's probably the fact i was thinking like it, there's so many people listening to yeah you in but, the I, but it's
1: like talking to you now like you don't we, we don't have this conversation that. thinking about yeah. all the people who could be listening to it and it's the same thing and that's what is hard about radio, but it seems so easy. It's like, Mm. and when you get to the sweet spot is just completely being yourself and not trying to be a broadcaster and not having the mental image of all those people in your mind. It's just getting to a point where it does sound like you're having a natural conversation with somebody else.
0: What is your goals with with radio media career now? Um, As you said, you're working with uh, Hamish and Andy one day a week on their podcast, you are still killing it. They, They can't do much wrong um Christian o'connell obviously you said number one breakfast show uh on fm at the moment what's your goals like do you yeah. know what your next thing is is there anything in the in the works You've yeah well podcast? i just
1: i just signed another four years with christian show only last month so i'm, four year I'm deal. yeah i'm in it for the long haul now Holy shit, and that'll that take us to seven years at the end of it i signed two years with hamish and andy so it's like that's unbelievable. That, that'll take me to 15 years uh, yeah so i'm just sitting pretty at the moment. Um, yeah but my wife and i we hopefully start a family soon so i don't know just like put my feet up
0: and take it easy what are (laughs) Forty like that's um from someone that like i in my career it's always sort of like a year-to-year thing Mm. do you like i I always think especially because i guess now i'm i'm
1: 33 now and you never think about it when you're young but at in, over the last three years, I can't stop comparing my age. Like, if I played AFL, they'd be pushing me out right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no matter how much I wanted to be good, like, just naturally, my body would say, no, you can't play yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, I'm very thankful that I'm in a career by accident that uh, is not ageist like that. You're because, not- it, like, in radio, you can go... Even if I wind up on 3AW or somewhere like Talkback Radio, I can still realistically in my 70s be doing the same thing if i want to mm. be doing radio
0: and you would convert into like a different person as well i suppose mm. like you've got like the things that i'm talking about now or you know two years ago are different to things you talk about when you're older and you've got more yeah knowledge. that's what.
1: It, that's, what's cool about it. i reckon is like you just you grow with it so as you grow up and things about you change the things you talk about change but you don't have to be the person you were at 20 when you first started doing radio to be the to be a broadcaster
0: into your 30s and 40s and 50s even just thinking now a lot of the content you've done and you know like stuff that i've done earlier you listen back and then you go fuck that's actually on record now like not that they're bad thoughts but like you can actually like track your progression through the whole time you know what i think
1: helps is like the more stuff you make the more it just becomes part of like the noise of the yeah. industry like, <laughs> yeah. If you'd only done two podcasts yeah. and like you stuffed up or said something really horrible in one, then we'd all be able to find it easily. Like you're up to like hundred plus episodes yeah. now. It's just all hard. part of like the yeah. junk. And who's gonna take the time to like, oh um, I remember not. Dylan said something like, really <laughs> I can't controversial? Find it. <laughs> I wanna cancel him, but who's got the time? Yeah. <laughs> people
0: Yeah, let's I hope no one has the time for that. That would really suck. Um hey, speaking of podcasts, Jackie Road Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your podcast yep. doing incredible things um, how much are you taking this Like, is it just a part of your stride now are you still performing what's the goals with, with that
1: yeah so we're on a hiatus at the moment yeah. over at Jackie Red Studios yeah. and we I wish I had a team man you got a cool team here it's cool
0: that you yeah, got like you welcome here anytime. like people
1: behind laptops and like <laughs> The guy behind the camera yeah. is honestly on his phone and just playing like yeah. Tetris <laughs> or something, but, but he's here. <laughs> he's here. I just hide them for the day to just make it sound but more But Jackie Road was a production that I was trying to do all my own. It was just like, um, I needed a break from it. So it's on a hiatus at the moment, but the first season I'm so happy with, like for, for people who don't know it, the idea was I would chat to a guest and then at the end of the episode, I would take something that we talked about and turn it into a song. Mm. And it was also a way to learn how to become a better recorder and like record the songs. So I'm doing it all in my second bedroom, like record the guitar, record the vocals. And then this guy who was a fan of the show was doing drums for it. So it was a really cool project, um, but I had, to, I had to put it on pause. And now every time I think about bringing it back, I just think of all the work, like the heavy workload yeah. that it is. And I, and I have no intention to bring it back really soon,
0: but I, I'm very proud of it. Who were some of your favorite guests um, you've had on? I listened to uh, a couple the other day, the Amy Shark one with, obviously you forgot to record that. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a big one. But that,
1: that, was a, that was a big one because the, the, the other thing is all the guests I had pretty much were people I knew, um, except Amy was the only one that I reached out to Sony and said, hey, I'd love to interview oh, Amy Shark. No. I know she's got an album coming out, so I thought that she might be interested in it and i record did the whole interview with her like we're doing now and then at the end of it literally as i'm saying goodbye to her there's I, vision of this yeah I, I looked down at my computer to like press pause and there's nothing to pause <laughs> there's nothing to pause and i said even no it's even worse than that what I recorded my side of the conversation, and she was on the. She was in Sydney. I was in Melbourne, and I just didn't record any of her. I just didn't record her She's at got all. Got you talking. So it's, it's got me talking. It's like, all right, here's a podcast of my questions for Amy Shark. Use her silence to, in, uh, like, <laughs> in your imagination, to see what she answered. Luckily, I was a, I was able to sort of salvage it. She was filming at her end because I asked her to film it so we could make videos. Yep. So I got her laptop audio of the video and was able to like squish it back together which thank god because i there's no worse feeling for somebody in this industry than like going to do a big interview or what you think is a big interview putting all that that nervous energy you get pre-interview into it writing all your questions and then completely stuffing it up and not having anything to show for it at so the it end. makes
0: me anxious thinking about it because it, it really is the worst thing you can do
1: my very first day on radio when i did that work experience gig in adelaide I rocked up into the studio and they introduced me to the breakfast team. There's this team called Rabbit, Amber and Louie in Adelaide. And Amber had flown to Sydney to interview Jerry Seinfeld. It was the only person in Adelaide that got the opportunity to speak to Jerry Seinfeld and one of the microphones wasn't working and like the situation with me and amy shark is you got amber's questions and then off really off mic was like jerry going like yeah well think about that. <laughs> 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 and that was my first day in commercial radio i was like oh it's not so different to the community radio that i came from where we stuff up all the time <laughs>
0: fucking hell that is yeah I, I can't imagine well i have been in that situation a lot and it is the most awkward thing in the yeah. world it's it's even worse when you probably would have felt worse for her because she's hating you as well
1: exactly and they've given you their time like they don't really have to do it truth is she's not selling more albums because she came on my podcast like she's she's kind of doing you a favor and you feel awful that you put them through that
0: it's not your only podcast Mm. you've been a part of Mm. um you're also a big yes in a man you love your footy yes so, where's the, where's the love of the Dons come from?
1: All right. So, <laughs> Essendon, Oh, how I became an Essendon fan is easy. I was five years old at the most impressionable age. They won the 93 grand final. 93. So, I chose them as my team. I wanted to do, I had a short-lived podcast with the Essendon Football Club that if people don't know, I don't blame them because it was four episodes <laughs> in 2017. Found? Can it's, we still find it? You, oh, I wonder if you could find it. Good question. I hope not. <laughs> no, actually, no, the podcast itself is really good. I'm not embarrassed by it. I'll, I'll see if we can dig it up. It was called Hard Tag. And it was me, Tom Bellchambers and Kale Hooker. And I approached the footy club and I didn't want any payment for it or anything. I just wanted to um, get, like, be involved with the club. And I, was, I thought, well, what can I bring skills and I was like well I can make a podcast with them if you guys are interested in making a podcast I'd love to do it with another player and they came to me and said look Tom and Kale are great friends they want to do it together I was like great three of us on the podcast and every week we have a rotating member of the team come through so we had Zarakis, Joe Watson, we had Andy McGrath who was just the number one draft pick and the episodes were great and then we didn't start that until the end of the 2017 season and so we didn't make finals and we're like, all right, well let's pick this up hopefully next year. And then I completely stuffed it, and there's a lesson <laughs> to be learned here for me. <laughs> if if I think back to why I started it, like I just wanted to be involved with the club. Like yeah. I didn't care about getting paid or whatever. But I at the end of 2017 <laughs> I hate I hate thinking about this and I've never talked
0: about this. This is contract negotiations. Yeah.
1: I approached like a talent manager and oh. said to her, Can you help me just do this deal with the Essendon Football Club about a podcast? And then she and I thought she was the pro, right? Yeah. She was like, Well, I've worked with like branded podcasts already, and you can ask for like ten 000 to fifteen thousand dollars per episode. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that's that's high." Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, like that's like that's, that's what where happens. the that's, the, that's the, where that's the mar- that's where the market's at for these branded podcasts." Maybe she's—I don't know what branded podcast she's talking about. Like, maybe Nike made a podcast yeah. with LeBron James <laughs> yeah. or something. Anyway, she's like, "We can get ten to fifteen thousand dollars." I was like, "Well, even." $10,000, I'm sure, will be. <laughs> $9,000. <000. laughs> like a week. I think we'd be happy with that. Yeah. Give some to Tom, oh, give some to <laughs> Kale. We'll be able to play the, pay the player. So, I go into the Essendon Football Club with uh, this manager and the, like, three people from the Essendon Football Club, like the social media guy and two other marketing people. And the look on their face when we said we want $10,000 per episode to make a podcast where essentially they're supplying the players to me and I don't know what I could possibly bring It's going to be at the end of the season $220,000 worth of value to them. So, they said no. (laughs) Respectfully. (laughs) They said we'll we'll decline, even though we love what you did last year for free. Um, We don't see the markup of $10,000 per episode as worth it for us. So, then after that meeting... I wanted to backtrack really yeah. quickly, but I'd already told Tom and Cale like, hey, payday's coming for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, oh, this is great. Cause then the players we get on, we don't have to ask favors of them. We can say there's yeah. some money in there for you to come on as a guest. So then it was just like the the waters were muddied after that, and there was there was to be no repairing of the friendship between me and the football club. So we parted ways, and they've since now made their own podcast without me. But it's just a, a, a real lesson learned for me about being a greedy shit. I guess. I don't, yeah.
0: 100 oh, the, percent. What's the relationship like with with Kyle Hooker and, and Tom Bell? Chambers I tried now? to
1: keep it alive for because. We got on really well Doing the podcast yeah. And I tried to keep it alive For a little bit Like I'd text them After games And be like oh, Great goal <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Slowly I'd start getting Like they would only ever do Like thumbs up emoji yeah, Back I just to me like it yeah. 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 And then slowly It became less and less so And then I kept it going Like the fire Just burning with kale For a little bit longer But I think it's probably dead now Yeah but well, they were great listening, guys. I if, a he's he if he's might. listening, um, thanks for those sh- f- four short weeks that we spent <laughs> together. And we had something <laughs> magic, and sorry, I ruined
0: it. <laughs> this isn't your only awkward relationship with AFL players, though, is it? You've got a habit of doing this. Is yeah. this true? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, my other awkward relationship is with uh, some of
1: the boys from the Melbourne Demons. Yeah, I met tom mcdonald by chance he was actually a fan of hamish and andy podcast and came up to me at an event
0: and hamish is a big melbourne supporter
1: hamish is a big melbourne supporter he's friends like Gorney and tom mcdonald now but this is like maybe three or four years ago and i started to become friends with tom mcdonald but only in like I would text him back and forth. And then one day he opened up the door to me to like become their friend. And he said, hey, on Wednesdays, we've got a day off or we finish training early. And a few of the boys like to go to this cafe where they have board games and we play a board game together.
0: <laughs> that is and he's like,
1: do you want to come along? Because on Christian shows, where I've talked about loving board games before, I'm yeah. a big board game fan. <laughs> yeah. But... This was my first three months doing the breakfast show with Christian Show, and I was having terrible sleep deprivation because I'd never woken up that early before, and I was getting up, even getting up at 4:30 in the morning, was taking its toll on me. Mm-hmm. And by the afternoons, I was crashing out. Yep. So I go along to the board game cafe, but I'm really like trying to just keep oh, my no. head up and like my yeah, eyes from yeah. blinking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't like, I can't pull myself together here. So. I sit down with the boys. It's Max Gorn, Jake Lever, Tom McDonald, um, this other legend called Paddy. I forget his surname. McKenna. Yeah, Paddy McKenna. He was a legend. Um,
0: he must have been. They won't say <laughs> the same. They, they not say the
1: same about me. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the rest of them must have been looking at me, and then like looking back at Tom is like, why have you brought this guy? He's like not even speaking. Yeah. <laughs> he seems so disinterested and can't even keep his eyes open. Because <gasps> like why they're going around the board playing Catan or whatever we're playing, and I'm just like trying to like focus on the game trying to focus on the conversation and, and you know that when sometimes you're just a step behind everything that's being said and yes. no matter what you yeah. do you can't get a foot in there so that was me on that first day and i thought i left there and thought well there's no way yeah. i'm done, <laughs> <It's here>. done. <laughs> somehow a few weeks later tom gives me another chance and says we're going back into the board <laughs> games again and i can't believe i'm getting being given a second chance I go back again I'm worse than the first time Like, oh, no. <laughs> the, the, like the tiredness has caught up With me so much That like, I'm worse than the first time So I'm doing like The nod offs I'm not even talking To anybody I ask for a f- Like I can tell that The writing's on the wall So all I remember Is asking for a photo With them at the oh, end no. <laughs> So it's like It was honestly <laughs> you like You going to see like, him ever again right, I'm out of here Can I just prove to my friends That we were for a short <laughs> period uh, We were all friends <laughs> But I hate to think of that first impression I left on them And I Even now when I see Gorney on TV Or like I listen to him on, During your podcast And I just think like What must he think a of thought. me And I feel sorry mostly for Tom Because he was the one Who stuck his neck out And tried to bring a new friend Into the arena Who was just yeah. a complete idiot And a nonce Do, do
0: you find that though Like even even when you know Tom's bringing you there, he's like he would be flexing himself, being like, "I know Jack Pose, like he's going to come here and be funny." You know, he's a real funny guy. i on much Andy? Like, <laughs> I you wouldn't say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> do you find pressure in that? Watch like, out, guys, you are get get ready to laugh. <laughs> get ready to laugh. He'll be here any second. I really hope. He <laughs> do you find that? <laughs> that though when people when you meet people like, is it like I know you're not a comedian per se. You've done mm. some stand up, mm. but do people expect something from you because they've heard you? They they think you're they're you're, mm. they're like subconsciously mates with you already.
1: Nah, I don't. I think because like if you've listened to the show, I'm not like known for my witty repertoire. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of like the dryness. I'm just like a bit bumbley yeah, like all over the place. <laughs> so I don't think people expect me to be funny, and I don't feel like definitely like when I'm meeting people out like holding court and doing all these jokes and maybe making people laugh. No, we well, you've, you've
0: done it today. We we're, we're <laughs> laughing. Oh, it's been you, funny. They've no, been very funny and taller than I thought. <laughs> um mate, last thing I want to ask you and I think this is a, a massive question because we have so many people listen that always love their career, they want to get further in their career. Mm. You've done it you've been a massive inspiration for me I'm not just saying that now like just the way you've, you've worked and hustled and got to where you are now it's been incredible and, and a credit to yourself you should be extremely
1: think oh, and, and a credit to you for what you do here as well because it's, um, it's way easier than it looks and nobody ever thinks about the interviewer but having been the interviewer in the past I know it's a tough job yeah. and I think what you do so well that Like you never get this with journalists asking people questions and you get it very rarely even with professional broadcasters is you allow yourself to be vulnerable with people and it makes them feel really comfortable about being vulnerable themselves. So straight away you're having these real conversations with people that you've never heard, and I loved when you talk, like when you're talking to Max Gorn, and he's able to be vulnerable because you are, and Alex Rance, and even with Howie, and and I'm looking forward to going back through the back catalogue mm. of Dylan Friends to hear more of
0: it. Thank you, thank you. Um- the question in that, and you gotta stop compliment. I don't do well with compliments. I have no idea what to say, but I really appreciate. Well, it.
1: that's how I felt when you said I was. Cool. Okay, well, don't,
0: <laughs> you, well, don't. There's well, I don't a know rule what to on say. this I'm show: t- is don't. You can't double up on my compliment. If I'm complimenting <laughs> you, just take it, and okay, then I'll take. Okay, okay. But like, just don't cut my compliments off. Okay, okay that's what I'm trying but, to say. Thank you, um, what advice would you give to someone at Jack Post at 20 years of age mm. to get to where you are now? What would you say is in your industry? is the most important thing that you've learned through that time.
1: Yeah. Harping on what we said earlier, do the do the jobs that you don't want to do. You're never going to walk into a radio station or like a TV set or whatever it is and just be the person who's on air. Like you got to go through that thing of doing all the jobs and I did all of them at radio stations I did all of them like my first thing was cutting up podcasts for Hamish and Andy and uploading them um I would do audio production I would answer phones I would stay in panel shows which is like um you know pushing the buttons for shows that were coming from from Sydney um overnight like I just tried to do everything in the arena always try and do my best job that I can at it always try and be available and not expect anything in return. I did a lot of working for free. Not saying that this is the right way to do it and this is the right thing for for businesses to exploit people and make them work for free, but it works because if you're that person who's always putting yourself out there, eventually an opportunity is going to make way and you can grab it with both hands and you'll be ready to do it because you've you've got skills in so many areas. And I think that's... I, I like being a broadcaster who's gone through that um journey because it means i know a lot of what the people on the show are doing i know what it's mm. like to be a producer i know what it's like to answer phones i still on christian o'connell show answer phones during the songs and the ads um so my advice would be just get your hands on as many opportunities as you can and it's harder it's easier said than done because you've got to still get your foot in the door to get those opportunities but once you do work hard make yourself known put your hand up for anything learn more try and upskill in all the places that you can and eventually things will start opening up for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. Mm. You're, you're a real doer. I yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then I and then also in this day and age, like what you're doing, make, make a podcast. Like if you really want to be on air and get skills, make a podcast and don't worry about how many people are listening to it. No. If you think people won't listen to it, just the experience you'll get making it, getting flying hours, talking into a microphone, it's it will it'll do you wonders for your progress, even if you think people won't listen to it. And for people who say, everybody's got a podcast, it's so cliche to have a podcast, screw that. I, Just, if I you want to make
0: one, fucking make one. And you think that, that people, when people say that, they, you know, people, and again, I, I like it when people say this to me, they're like, oh, what's next for you, man? You know, podcasting can only last for so long. And I'm like, well, if you look at America, like they're fucking 20 years into this, we're yeah. like 10 years behind still. So I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. And and, what's the
1: rule to say there should be an X number of podcasts? No, the more podcasts are better. The more
0: like it's it's like when people think people only listen to one radio station or one podcast. Like the more podcasts is actually better. Um, And I should say as well when you said about the back catalogue stuff and something that I know you'd be massive on and and similar to guys, like you just got to start something. Yeah. Because don't go too far back into my back catalogue, but (laughs) like please, like because it's fucking terrible. But that. Nearly every day I go, fuck, I should, I should delete my first 10. But then I'm like, I saw this thing the other day and I was like, well, if you're not embarrassed about your early work, mm. you started too late. Yeah, that's so a great point. It's like, you, you probably started at a stage where you should have started two years earlier. Yep. So I think it's nearly take credit in starting something when you're not experiencing yeah. it because And it's,
1: I've, I've suffered from that. I, I totally agree. And I say, don't, if you're thinking of starting using podcasting as an example again, you don't have to wait till you like oh wait till I have all the great equipment mm. that Joe Rogan has or I like I'll wait till I've booked in 3 guests just start, start. like yeah. however you can if you're recording into your laptop microphone just start and you'll get and you'll learn and you'll get better as you go it doesn't all have to be perfect at the start and I and I suffered from that in the past I definitely when I've like you mentioned that I've done stand up before I was so worried about doing that show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival that it almost I almost stopped myself from doing it just because I was like, I don't want anybody, I never want to bomb. Like you hear comedians always talking about like in their early days, they bombed on stage. I was like, I don't, I'm terrified of experiencing Mm. that. So I'll have to like throw all the tricks I can into this, rehearse it, write it, rehearse it. So I worked on something for like eight months that like I was really proud of it, but I didn't start it the proper way, which is just like you mentioned just get to an open mic night and start and and like the scrap of paper that you wrote your five jokes on, say them. Um, So man, that's advice I can take and always
0: keep reminding myself of. It's massive. I, um, again, this is the longest outro ever, but one more (laughs) thing. I went to every like three months, um, my partner and I would go on like a date night Mm -hmm. and COVID stopped it. We go into the city and we go to this thing called... um, conspiracy what's it called when you um, when you go up and like just act with like nothing there what's it? improv it's called oh, yeah, the, yeah. the conspiracy improv improv yeah so like you go there we don't know anyone there mm. it's like a really small community it's like 10 people in the crowd yep. and it's just this like group of people and they go up and do improv mm. and I look at them and I'm like I just have nothing but admiration for these people like they are just putting themselves out there like just getting up there someone yells a word word like they're not professionals by any means but they're do- doing it to enjoy himself like i don't i don't, I dare say i don't think any of them are going to be on hollywood or anything like mm. that but i nearly like just even watching that get like inspiration from it just going fuck yeah. me this is like it's such an unbelievable thing so I, I couldn't applaud them more i love people that put themselves out of their and I i think more people should appreciate that like i what i can't understand about
1: trolls and like people who attack people for like putting themselves out there is like do you even realize how hard it is to make that first Mm. step and to go to be vulnerable enough to go hey i'm making something for the world this is what it looks like regardless of the quality of it it that is admirable in itself to be able to do that and i i reckon a lot of the time like the people who love to chip people down about that or you know troll them or even if you're um i don't know like you you're just you, you're trying to bring that down mm. um just like think about how hard it is and would you ever do that and would you ever put yourself out like that yeah. um yeah didn't know i'd come up come no, up against trolls at the no. end of this interview oh, but- no, 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 no. It, we <laughs> do talk about trolls a lot we, yeah it is it is
0: such a fascinating bit like for example you know you play a lot of music on your socials and even mm. that for example is something that i admire so mm. much i'm like i couldn't do that Not because I just don't have the skill, but, like, I couldn't sing in front of people. And
1: it takes a long... Like, I I tell you, I've been making stuff for a long time, and it takes a long time. And I still... Even when I started putting those songs up on my Instagram and and TikTok and stuff, I I was still nervous about doing that because I was like, oh, this isn't really, like, comedy. And I've never really just put up, like, me singing a song before. And so I still struggle with it. And... People still want to bring you down, but fuck it. You just got to like. There you, go, yeah. you just got to like. You're killing yourself if if you're if you're holding that back from the world and you want to put it out there.
0: Do you know um, who you remind me a little bit of? Have you heard of um, Bo Burnham? I love Bo Burnham. Oh man, I love
1: Inside, which is his new comedy special. It, I thought was incredible.
0: Is it the most like? I feel like honestly, that's uh, your musical um, ability is a little bit like that. You're a storyteller. It's funny, but it's also like really like touching. And that's, when I listened to Bo Burnham, um, I was listening to one of his songs the other day and I was like, oh my God, this is like the funniest thing, but I'm also like crying and like questioning, is he actually okay? Like through, it, it's no, it's the unbelievable. The about the, the comedy
1: special is like some of the songs is like, oh, this isn't even
0: a joke. Like, yeah. this is like a really great song. Yeah, <laughs> um, Mate, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, so nice to finally meet you. As I said, I feel like we've been friends for 15 years. Um, you just didn't know it yet yeah. <laughs> And it's It's so good to, to Yeah finally meet you man Like I'm honoured to have you in Hope we can continue Our friendship Is that cool with oh, you? Oh I'd love that man Maybe I we go to A cool. Carlton Essendon game I'd like that
1: Yeah Carlton Essendon always Put on a good game as well mm. I feel like there's always Like a goal in it
0: me, you, Tommy Bell Chambers, <laughs> yeah, Tommy McDonald. If he's not, Tommy McDonald. If he's not, I can't not. go with any other yeah. footballers. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep you away from them mate. <laughs> just in <laughs> case you really weird them out. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, thank you so much again. Uh, thanks for having and, me, And um, yeah, if anyone's out there listening to, to Jack Road Studios, make sure you get around that. Yep. Christian O'Connell in the mornings. Um, and if you've heard of Hamish and Andy, check them out as well. I'm yep. not sure if you've heard <laughs> them, but uh, be good, bro. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. What is your favorite TV series movie slash movie? Easily The Simpsons. The
1: Simpsons totally changed my life. Yeah. Made me everything I am today. Parented me. All my comedy harks back to the early Simpsons episode. Every night at 6pm I would watch The Simpsons On Fox 8? No
0: mate, I'm bloody common man okay. I don't have I Foxtel I have I'm Foxtel. watching on Channel 10 dude yeah, with the Foxtel. ads <laughs> And there's plenty more where that came from If you'd like to learn more You can head to patreon.com Forward slash Dylan Friends Or you can head to the link in the show notes Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast If you liked the show it'd be a massive help If you could like, follow, rate, leave a review Or even share with your friends